Dear brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, in today's gospel, Jesus reminds us that in terms of our salvation, where we are going with our lives and what we ought to do about it. He speaks to us with authority and he empowers us both. Mark tells us that Jesus was teaching in the synagogue on the Sabbath as one who had authority and that his listeners were astonished at his teaching. Then a man with an unclean spirit cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. This incident should not surprise us when we consider that Jesus was speaking with such authority and force that his words would hit home, really jolt his listeners into realizing that they were being asked to turn their lives upside down. What have you to do with us? Have you come to destroy us? Dear friends, we don't have to be under the influence of some alien spirit in order to respond in this way to Jesus' call to new life. This is the experience to some degree of every one of us when we really listen to the Lord's message. Hearing this gospel story, we may be inclined to dismiss this man's cry as the lunatic um, ravings of an unbalanced uh, fanatic. But the fact is that the man in the gospel story got the point. He was jolted by the word of God. He realized his attitude and approach to life was being called into question. He realized that Jesus was indeed calling for the destruction of his old ways. A, a few years ago, a man, um, <clears throat> a small town newspaper's religious column included the story of a local minister who had been preaching Sunday after Sunday for two years to an empty church. Before that, there were three members uh, in the congregation, but two died and the third moved away. Nevertheless, each Sunday for two years, the minister went into the pulpit, looked out at the uninterrupted rows of empty pews, and preached the message of Jesus Christ as he understood it. At one point during this uh, period, uh, he decided to turn off uh, the sound system because some of the neighbors were complaining about the noise. When he was asked if he didn't feel a little of foolish, uh, a little foolish preaching to empty pews week after week, he replied, no, I don't ever feel uh, foolish. I am just taking it one Sunday at a time, waiting for someone to come in and listen to the word. 
Dear friends, that is the problem which all serious preachers face week after week. Is there anyone out there who realizes that the word of God being preached is a call to turn his or her life upside down? Or am I preaching in effect to empty pews? Is there anyone out there who is so astonished by the word of God spoken through Jesus that he or she feels compelled to cry out, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. I know you are my Lord and Savior. This incident in today's gospel comes immediately after Jesus had uh, has recruited his first disciples. He held before those first disciples the glorious new life in which they would experience God's presence as they never had before. He held before them the promise that they would experience the fullness of their humanity as they never had before. He held before them the opportunity to develop deep sensitivity to God's creation, God's world, and God's people. He held before them a meaningful, uh, our meaning of love that moved them beyond anything they had experienced in their relationship with God and in their relations, uh, relationships with uh, other human beings. He held before them a richer, fuller understanding of their own worthwhileness. He held before them a hope in the future that they had never before dreamed uh, possible. But Jesus also kept cautioning them, jolting them with the reality that with this beautiful, sweet-smelling tree of uh, life, there comes a bitter fruit. Jesus held before them exactly what they were getting into as his followers. He held before them the prospect of turning their lives upside down. He held before them the lesson that as they identified more closely with him, they would be identifying with a love so deep, so sensitive, that they would take upon themselves more and more the sufferings of others. He held before them the clear understanding that they would identify more and more with the needs of others. He held before them the gospel truth that there would be suffering and rejection and persecution for those who live for others. Jesus held all this before his disciples, but they didn't put it all together at first. The Son of God literally had to die and be raised up again before um, the word of God really grasped them at any deep level. Dear friends, when Jesus died on the cross, all was lost and only the bitter fruit remained or so it seemed to those first disciples. Their leader, the one who had taught with such authority, was gone. 
But then the resurrection power of God broke into their lives and out of the depths of their despair, there began to emerge the new Christian community. And now here we are, members of that same community. And there is Jesus in our midst holding before us the same promise and the same gospel truth he held before his first disciples. The question is, are we really listening? Or is the word being proclaimed in effect to the empty pews? The man in today's gospel lesson is tormented by an unclean spirit. But Jesus possesses the authority and the power uh, to impose silence on the unclean spirit and command it to go out of the man. The man in this gospel story serves as a witness to Christ's presence in the world. If the kingdom of God is at hand, then the unclean um, diabolical forces are overthrown and the world is ruled by a new wisdom, a new authority, a new power. Dear friends, there is the story of a man who asked the question, what is the devil? Before anyone uh, could reply, the man replied to his own um, uh, answer. Um, the devil, he said, is not a huge monster with horns and harpoon tail and a wicked glitter in his eyes. No, the devil is inertia, doing nothing, following the lines of least resistance. Difference? The definition might not satisfy many theologians, but it makes the point when Jesus asks us to turn our lives upside down by following his example of radical love, and we respond by following the lines of uh, least resistance, we are in the devil's corner. Through, this, uh, through his life and through his death, Jesus teaches us that love is all. Through his resurrection, Jesus empowers us to live accordingly. Love is all. Jesus taught this truth with such authority as to jolt us, to astonish us, to turn us upside down. But is anybody listening? May God bless us. Amen.